The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us as we take a few minutes today uh, just to look into God's Word. We're glad you're with us. If you're following along in Scripture, uh, we are in Matthew chapter 12, and we're coming to the end of that as we work verse by verse, section by section, uh, through the Gospel of Matthew as we study the life of Christ. Today we're going to look at um, a topic, I guess you would say, if you want to call it that, that I would say it's a true topic, it's a necessary topic, but if we're not careful it can become a topic that can we, we, don't, we don't want to glorify this topic. We don't want to turn it into something where we study so much and we get enthralled with this. It kind of talks about the idea of, of demonism, the supernatural realm, demon possession, things of that nature. And while these things are very true, and while these things still happen today, yes, in the 21st century, uh, if we're not careful, we can get consumed with this. We, uh, it becomes intriguing. It becomes somewhat fun. And uh, one, it can open us up to this, to these struggles and things of that nature. Um, but at the same case is, I just don't believe that was God's intention. I think God's intention was for us to be overly consumed with the supernatural realm. You know, greater is he that is in us and he that is in the world. If we're saved, we, we have the Holy Spirit. And through that power, we have victory over Satan. Uh, I, don't, I just think we've got to be careful that we need to be focusing our attention on the Lord and what he's doing and not necessarily, um, if we could say, the supernatural realm and all that comes with it. Um, so what's important to know this, it's important to understand these things happen, I would say not just to be careful to keep it in balance that we can go so far, we can get consumed with this. Um, and we, we, don't, we just don't want to be distracted by these things. But it is in Scripture. So let's take a moment and glance at this and uh, study it out. And in Matthew chapter 12, verse 43, the Bible says, When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my home from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it be with this wicked generation. Now we have to remember context here because it's so important. First of all, the context, if you go back and look at the last passage we looked at on Monday, you look at the idea that he was referencing this wicked generation. Their problem at that point was they were seeking a sign. Um, they really weren't willing to just step up by faith. They weren't willing to follow Jesus, and they really wanted a sign. They, they wanted really religion to be about themselves. They wanted it to fit. Today, culture does that too. I believe Jesus when he does what I want or when he answers all of my questions. And, and really, our the belief system has rolled down to it's got to fit my mold. And we miss that it's faith. We have to really follow him and trust in him. And it's about his sovereignty, his plan, not about whether it fits what I want to. And so the wicked generation was all about them. And he says, you're not going to have that. Well, he continues in the context and he's continuing to talk to this wicked generation. And he's talking a lot about this idea of what happens in the heart. He's really getting down to the soul, this battle for the soul. Now, again, I, I quoted a verse a moment ago, and I'll do it again. It says, the Bible says, greater is he who lives in us and he who lives in the world. Now, what he's referencing is if you're saved, you have what we call the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Let me explain this real quick. There are two things talked about when it comes to the Holy Spirit living in us. One is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and two is the filling of the Holy Spirit. At the moment of your salvation, you are called baptized by the Holy Spirit. You receive 
all of the Holy Spirit you will need for your life. Um, at the moment of salvation, you understand all of it, but he comes in you, he dwells in you, and he's the guide, he's your director, he's your convictor, all these things. Comforter. Now, uh, but there's a difference, though. We, that doesn't always mean he's we're filled with the Spirit. That doesn't mean we're always guided by it. Here's the premise. We're given all of the natural resource we need to do what God wants us to do. We have to make the choice whether or not we're going to take avail of it. We have to make the choice. Are we going to allow the Holy Spirit to have its direction? Ephesians, we're told to grieve not the Holy Spirit. What that simply means is the Holy Spirit wants to give direction and we can say no or we can go our own way. We grieve him. We say no and he'll back off. He's not going to force himself or force what he wants. It's his guidance, but we must follow it. The other thing to look at, though, is if you are saved, you cannot have the Holy Spirit and Satan living in you at the same time. It's, an, it's not possible. So now what we can say, what happens then if I'm feeling, you know, can you be what, what many call oppressed? Yes, I would say that. You cannot be possessed by Satan if you're saved. You can't have both. At the same case, you can be oppressed. Satan can afflict you from the outside. Now, oppression is not the same. He cannot control you. He cannot live inside of you. Uh, he can affect the outward circumstances of your life. Uh, he can get in and he kind of uses your thinking and things of that nature, but he cannot control you. That's possession. This, this is oppression. So he can affect the circumstances around you, but he cannot control you. So now understanding a little bit of that, let's go through and break through these verses and see what it is uh, that Jesus is speaking here. He says, so verse 43, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, which is when a demon has been cast out from a man, he goes to the dry places. He's looking for another place to possess. Uh, you see, understand the supernatural realm, the demons cannot speak to and connect to the human realm without a physical source. So they possess a man so then they can communicate, or a woman, so they can communicate to the human realm. So they're searching for a way to do it, seeking rest, finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. So here's the idea. He leaves, he's cast out, he leaves for whatever reason. Um, he goes and searches, doesn't find anything, so he goes back to the person for whom he was possessing. When he gets back, he finds it empty, clean, in order. And so what does he do? He goes out and he finds seven more demons worse than him when they come in. Now, what, is, what does he talk about? Comes back, finds it clean, empty. Um, he leaves for whatever reason. He comes back and finds out there's nothing to replace it. So he says, okay, I'll just go back and live there. Now, here, here's the idea. A lot of times what happens is we, Satan leaves, people run to religion. They run to something. But what they haven't done is replaced what was there. Um, and he's what, simply what he's saying is, if Satan leaves and you have this opening, you have a chance to allow Jesus to come into your life. You have a chance to allow the Holy Spirit to live in your life where that demon was in a similar in a similar fashion, but this one in a good fashion. And when he comes back, he finds that that person may have found religion. I mean, they sweep it all up, right? They, they, they follow some moral rules. They follow some religious teaching. They, they get involved in a church with all of that, but they've never actually accepted Christ. The Holy Spirit has not baptized them, is not living in them. And so therefore, the demon comes back and sees empty. He's actually religious. He might see moral. He might see all those things. But does he find Jesus? Does he find the Holy Spirit? And when he gets there and it's empty, boy, it looks good. It, it, they've molded to religion. In this case, we know in the last passage, it was the scribes and Pharisees looking for the sign. So they're religious. They sound good. But when it all comes down to it, they're not, they don't really have the Holy Spirit living inside of them. So in that battle, you say they're not saved. So the demon comes back, and well, then it gets worse. 
The key would be is there's a big, the battle for the soul comes down there. There's a big difference between religion and a relationship with Jesus. And I mean by religion, I mean a, a man-centered list of rules and regulations that we follow with the desire to appease a uh, heavy-handed God. Uh, God loves us and accepts us as we are, and what he wants to do is come into our life and save us, and then he, through a process of what we call sanctification, grows us to be more like his son. Uh, we're not striving to do enough work to be accepted or earn a place in heaven. Uh, Ephesians says, for by grace are we saved through faith, not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast or brag on themselves. And that's what we got to be careful about. It's not about me. It's about what Jesus does. And so the question I would ask today is, it's one thing to be religious, but do you have Jesus in your life? Do you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you? That's the core. That's the difference between religion and a relationship. So I'd ask that today. That's the primary question here. The wicked generation is fine being religious, but they really don't want Jesus because religion becomes about me. I do good. I feel better. I feel better. I do all these things to make myself feel good. That's all religion is. It's self-centered. It's humanistic. When I surrender to Jesus, it's all about him. It's all about following him and letting him have his way. And so I ask that question. Now, we can be saved and still be, so we say, religious, where we're striving to still be about me. I like religion to be this. I want that. I want, I want to follow the system of rules. And we need to make sure that it's about Jesus. What is Jesus doing in our life? And as we get into the word of God, we learn, well, get out of the way. Let God, let Jesus have his way and follow that direction. Again, be careful if we jump too much into the supernatural realm, and it's there, it's real, uh, Satan can pull us in. There's, some, there's just a natural intrigue to that, and some of it's legitimate, some of it needs to be understood, but I think we can glorify it, and I think that can become dangerous. So uh, I would say, you know, what the Bible says, study it, learn it, but don't, don't become intrigued too much by this, because it, it just it can take you down a path that can become dangerous, and it's, it's distracting. So I encourage you just to stick where the Bible has with it, and don't run down that path. Again, thank you for joining us on this Wednesday, giving me a chance to be part of your day. Appreciate it. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Pray for ministries here at Grace Baptist tonight as the kids program, the team program, and things like that are taking place on campus. Uh, pray for those serving and uh, that God would use it to bring fruit and encourage families and to see people saved. Again, we thank you for joining us today. Hope you'll join us again tomorrow.